Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Joe Lobbock, pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in Wadsworth. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be here again with you and uh, all our listeners. Yeah. It's great to have you again. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT on what we believe as Catholics. We're talking about the Ten Commandments, and today we're going to talk about the Sixth Commandment, You Shall Not Commit Adultery. So question 400 asks, what does it mean to say that man is a sexual being? So obviously God created us male and female. That's what it says in the in the book of Genesis right from the very beginning. That's how in his image and likeness, though. So even though we're different, we are still all of us made in the image and likeness of God. But the fact that we are men and women make us different, different in the sense, but not unequal. You know, we're equal, but different. And we are called to reflect through who we are and what we are, the glory and the love of God. So our sexuality is part of is is who we are in many ways as not just in essence but as part of the whole idea of how we use that sexuality what it's all about what it's for what did god make us to do and as he instructed adam and eve be fruitful and multiply Mm -hmm. he made them one as jesus reminds us in the gospel that a man leaves his father and mother, clings to his wife, and the two shall become as one. So that's our sexuality. And God, this is the way God made us. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not dirty. It's nothing like that at all. Through the history of the world, there have been people, periods of history, where a lot of people thought that way. It was something you don't talk about. And even today, for as as open as we're supposed to be, people are still hesitant, parents especially, to talk about these things with their children openly and honestly. And that's what is needed. That's part of our whole life. So question 401 asks, Father, is there a priority of one sex over the other? As I said, nothing. there is nothing to indicate that. Man has done the societies, the civilizations, yes, they've made them very much patriarchal in the sense of the man is the one who is supposed to be taking care of the woman. And that led, unfortunately, to this uh, certain amount of uh, the idea of superiority as being obviously stronger. You know, being able to take care of things, being able to to grow things out of the earth, to kill animals or hunt and things like that for the welfare of his family, to defend them against invaders and things like that. So I think all in all, the the unfortunately, because of the environment and the circumstances, that kind of mentality uh, kind of grew up in, in most civilizations are patriarchal. 
but it doesn't mean that man is any way better than a woman for any reason. We are equal and the same in the eyes of God, but we are different, and God created us for different things. Well, Father, I've been married for 39 years, and I'm here to tell you that women are smarter than men. I mean, that's my opinion. Okay. (laughs) Question 402 asks, what is love? What is love? I suppose a lot of people ask themselves that question all the time. And if we look at the media today and different uh, outlets of media, we get all kinds of different answers. But in essence, love is being like God. In the, in, the, in the truest sense of the word, love, when we love, we are most like God. It's not about physical attraction. It's not about that kind of attraction at all. Love, in its essence, seeks always to will the good for the other person. When you love somebody, you seek what is best for them. And that means sometimes you sacrifice for their well-being, like a husband and wife do for each other, like parents do for their children. Mm-hmm. So even outside of that, the people we know, we, we associate with, people we may meet only for a few minutes, we can still love them in the sense that we wish them the best. We want what is best for them. I told the kids in school that, you know, you don't have to like somebody to love them. And you don't. Because it's not about attraction. It is about wanting what is best for the other person. And the ultimate best is wanting them to go to heaven. That's the best thing that you could want for another person. That implies, of course, that you're willing to tell them the truth, not mislead them or lie to them or just tell them what they want to hear in order to make them more comfortable, as people do all the time today. We don't say things that are going to trouble people. We have to be politically correct in everything we say. But not that we have to be cruel, but we still have to be truthful. Because that's really a way of expressing real love. The uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church says that love is the free self-giving of the heart. So that also implies that love is completely and totally unselfish. Right. It's all about, as you said, what's best for the other person. Yeah, what's best for the other person. And as uh, St. John Paul II told us, the whole idea of giving yourself as a gift to other people, that is what, that's, that's when we are doing that, then we are truly living out what God created us to be. That's what he created us for, because that's what he does. And we are made in his image and likeness. So we are truly happiest when we are giving of ourselves. The world tells us a little bit the opposite, that we're happy if we're getting stuff, Mm -hmm. getting money, getting property, getting power, whatever it is. But that's not what God tells us. It's not what the church teaches us, that we, it's in giving. It's in giving, as St. Francis said, it is in giving that we receive. And that's the truest words uh, spoken in a lot of ways. I would say that would be a good definition of the secret to happiness. Yes, definitely. If you, if you give of yourself to others, trying to do what's in their best interests, 
for their uh, good, then you can be truly happy because you're focusing not on what I want or what I need or what can I get, yeah. but you're focusing on how we can do for the other person. Yeah. The more we think about ourselves, I think that leads in a lot of cases, not everything you can't say, but in many cases leads to a lot of mental illness when we're just thinking about ourselves and our own problems and or what is everybody going to do for me it leads to depression it leads to all kinds of problems there are other reasons obviously sometimes there is uh, chemicals imbalances of, of someone's psychological makeup whatever it is but that is still why do we have more of that today than ever that's that's the question and I think it's because we are constantly told to think about ourselves. You deserve this. You ought to have that. You're entitled to this. It's in commercials. That's all we hear. It's all we hear. It's all we hear sometimes in politics, in all kinds of stuff. You need this. And no, we don't. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that, that you alluded to uh, earlier is in today's society, especially in movies and on the internet and so forth, sex seems to be such a big part of love yes. in the secular world, in, in the uh, earthly terms. So 403 asks, how is sexuality related to love? Yeah, It is very much related, but it is not love. Sex and love are not the same thing, by not by a long shot. Our, we express our love through sexuality, through our sexuality. A husband and wife, in the context of marriage, express their love and their self-giving through the act of marital intercourse. But that is not, when you take it away or outside of marriage, it be just becomes something to give ourselves pleasure. We think we're, you know, we're attracted to somebody, and so we, we like them. And so this is how we express it. But it's, it's, if, you're, if you are engaging in, in sexual activity with someone that you're not married to, then you're lying to each other. Because love implies much more. And that, ex that expression of love implies a, a, a physical giving of self is there, but it implies so much more that you want to give yourself to that person in every aspect, that you're not going to walk away from that person, but you have a, made a commitment for the rest of your life. That's the, that's the sexuality is, is God's way of enabling a man and woman to seal that love and at the same time have an openness to new life, to bringing children into the world. So, Father, how, how would you explain that today? It's so taken for granted that two people can live together outside of marriage. Forty or fifty years ago, it was yeah. considered a mortal sin, and people knew it, and it didn't hardly happen. I'm not saying it never did. But today, it just seems so prevalent. Yes. Why, do you think it, why do you think that is? Again, it's because people equate their sexuality and, and love. It, to them, it's the same thing. And it's not the same thing. And living together is, as you, is, is a mortal sin. To live together as man and wife without the sacrament of marriage is a mortal sin. That's a very serious matter. 
And so because you're saying something uh, to somebody that just isn't true yet, you, you, there has to be that commitment. And our society just seems to think that, you know, we, well, we do whatever we want, you know, and I, the couples I deal with sometimes they're the one of the biggest reasons is financial. So we're going to save money by living together. But that's only such a trivial thing, really, money, when you come down to your soul and your relationship with God. Mm hmm. 404 asks, Father, what is chaste love, and, and why should a Christian live a chaste life? Chaste love is, again, using love, seeing love, understanding love, expressing love in the way that God intended. In a, in chastely, everybody is called to a chaste life, whether you're religious, single, or married. There is a chaste life because that sexual activity is either a part of your life as a married couple, but it's confined to that one other person and used as a way of building up that love and possibility of new life. A religious or a single person forsakes that activity for the sake of the kingdom of God, for building up the kingdom of God, in order to do other things that will help people in so many ways. But ch living chastely just means understanding that love is of God. Okay. We'll have to leave it there until next time. This has been Tim Perry for Faith with Father. God bless you. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.